All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for a, another wonderful morning time to worship together. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst this week. Thank you for each one of our campers again, each one of our counselors and staff members. And uh, thank you again, Lord, for the good report about our, our friend Nulifer. And she's back with us today at camp, and we're grateful that she's doing well. Thank you for hearing our prayers. And bless this day as we begin it now. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple of thoughts this morning just to get our day underway and something to remember as we continue to watch God bring down the giants in our lives. And one thing I want to stress this morning, and I want you to remember it, I think some of you already realize it, even if you do, it, it's worth reiterating. It's worth talking about again. And this is the principle. We are the work of God. You and I are the work of God. We know, and we said it last night around the campfire, we know that God chose David when he was just a young person, teenager. And also, that was the very time that God said to him, you're going to be the next king in Israel. And of course, that passage of Scripture that some of us are familiar with in 1 Samuel 16, 7 is something that we can't ever lose sight of. We do in the culture that we live in. We will lose sight of it in the world that we're confined in for a short period of time if we allow it to happen. And it's this. Man is stuck on the outward appearance, but it is God who looks upon our hearts. Man's stuck on the outward appearance. Just can't seem to get beyond it. So much in our world depends upon two things, appearance and performance. And if your appearance measures up, again, you fit into that acceptable category. If your performance measures up, once again, you fit into that acceptable category. But what if it doesn't? Well, as far as the world is concerned, uh, your value is diminished. But that's not what God says. God reminds us everywhere in the scriptures that we are his work. In fact, as a believer, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we hear these words. You are God's workmanship. You are God's unique work. You are God's one-of-a-kind work. You can't forget that. Because we're living in a culture, we're living in a world where the world is telling us what's important, who's important, what matters, who matters. God says, in my kingdom and in my world, everyone has value because we are the work of God. We said last night that God chooses the weak things of the world to confound the strong, the simple things to confound the wisdom of this world. Outward appearances, they don't impress God. Okay, let me say that again. Outward appearances don't impress God. What does? A heart of faith. When you and I simply learn to trust God, even when we're against all the odds, even when our giants are proclaiming that we don't have a chance and we don't stand a chance, God looks at a heart that's filled with faith. Again, 
as we said last night, what a world we live in with all of its rejection. And you hear it all the time. You hear things like, well, you're never going to be able to do that. Or don't get your hopes up. And of course, God would say just the opposite. As believers, that's the one thing that you need to learn how to do. Get your hopes up. Keep your hopes up. As long as that hope is firmly established in Christ, keep your hopes up. Don't ever lose that great little word called hope. Then you hear things like this. You're never going to amount to anything. Sad to think that parents have actually said that to their children. Teachers have actually said that to their students. Coaches have actually said that to their athletes. And sometimes, trust me, they are so wrong. Can you imagine what it is like or what it must have been like for Michael Jordan's high school coach when Michael Jordan was a ninth grader playing basketball and the coach said, sorry, kid, you don't got it. Sorry, kid, you're not going to make the team. He cut him. That coach cut the greatest basketball player maybe of all time. Incredible. Because he did not see the potential that was lying in his heart. So maybe you hear you're not smart enough or you're not talented enough or you're not beautiful enough or you're not worthy enough or you're not wanted enough. These are the things that we can hear. But what does God say? Just the opposite. You have value. And make no mistake about it, rejection takes its aim at all of us. It targets every single one of us because the devil knows that if he can target us and if we can begin to experience the sting of rejection then he's going to be able to break down our confidence he's going to be able to wear down our self-esteem he's going to be able to destroy the very thing that allows us to look up to trust God to believe him to mix faith with his promises and he just knows if I can get them in the crosshairs of rejection it's just a matter of time before I will break down their souls, wear down their souls, and really destroy the possibility of them ever experiencing the best that God has for them. Well, acceptance, on the other hand, believe me, we all crave it. We all want it. I think even as you watch TV camper news, if your image is up there, you just can't wait to see it. You just can't wait. It's like, it's like looking at a photograph. If you're in that photograph, who is the first person you look for? Yourself. You look for yourself. When you're in TV camper news, am I up there? Will they see me? Will I do something good? Will I be funny? Will they laugh? Or will they say, oh, that was terrible. Why did you put such an ugly person up there? No, they won't. No, they would never do that. My point is we need acceptance. Listen to this. Psychologists tell us that one of the most powerful forces in humanity is acceptance. One of the most powerful forces in humanity, acceptance. Well, where do we get it? We get it from God. That's where we get our acceptance. Think about this. Psalm 139. The Bible says that we can clothe ourselves in acceptance when we understand we are the work of of God. Everyone in this room, the Bible says, fearfully and wonderfully made. How about that? Verses 13 and 14 of Psalm 139. 
fearfully and wonderfully made. Before our, uh, God even saw us, or, or actually before our parents saw us, we were being formed in our, parent, our mother's womb, and God said, that's when I saw you. That's when I realized what a great work you were. And then he continued that work. And I, I want you to hear this this morning. God doesn't make mistakes. Maybe somebody has said, that's what you are. Maybe you've convinced yourself that's what you are. I'll tell you something. You would be, you would be thinking uh, so wrong if that's the way you thought because our God does not make mistakes. Who you are is perfect in the sight of God. God doesn't make what the world calls rejects. God made you. He made you unique as you are. He made you beautiful. He made you intentionally. He made you purposefully. He made you wonderfully. And don't ever forget that. It is who you are. And you could say, oh, I'm so glad to hear that because I don't fit into the beautiful category or I don't fit into the, you know, the performance category. Listen, even the most beautiful people in the world have such serious self-image problems because they keep looking at the standard that the world puts out there for them and they have no idea that they are the work of God. You and I are the work of God. Secondly, this morning, what a mystery this is to think that God chose us. That's a mystery to me. I don't think that I will ever fully or completely understand it in this lifetime. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, incredible. It says, before time, long before you knew God, God knew you. Think about that. He chose you before time. He chose you, as he said to the prophet Jeremiah, when you were in your mother's womb. You didn't even have a chance to say a word. God chose you. You didn't even have a chance to prove yourself worthy. God chose you. You didn't have a chance to say, God, look at what you're getting into. God says, I already know it. I've made my choice. I want you. You get my vote. That's incredible. That means even if you have felt the sting of rejection, God has already preceded that rejection and said, sorry, I canceled the rejection because they belong to me. I chose them. And again, that's what gets us through the rejection of this world. That is what gets us beyond the rejection of this life, knowing that we are made by God fearfully and wonderfully made, and that he chose us. I mean, that means that God chose you even before your parents laid their eyes upon you, even before you came out of your mother's womb and they held you and they looked at you and they said, oh, beautiful, amazing, thank you, Lord. God said, good, I'm glad you like her or him, but I already chose them. I already picked them long before you even laid your eyes on them. I love that. God just simply says, I choose you. That's amazing. The Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Now somebody could say, but wait a minute. I made a decision to trust Christ. I made a decision to choose Jesus. You're right. You did in time. But before time began, God made his choice of you. Praise God for that. 
And then the last thing I want you to think about this morning is this, and don't miss this principle. You and I, we live from acceptance. We don't live for acceptance. Let me say it again. We live from acceptance. We don't live for it. You know, we, we don't have to do anything. We're not working for, uh, in order to gain God's acceptance. The Bible says we already have it. I read this interesting story about a chaplain. He was, uh, he was sharing the gospel, sharing a message with all of the Olympic swimmers, 2016, before they went to Rio. He met with them. They had a Bible study together. And his message was amazing. He told them who they were in Christ. He built them up in their faith. He encouraged them deeply. And then he said this, and when you get in that water and you jump in that pool and your swimming meet begins, he says, I want you to look at the other end of the pool and I want you to see written on the wall in the water, acceptance. In other words, you're already accepted. You're already a winner in God's eyes. In other words, he wasn't saying you have to swim and win in order to be accepted. He says, no, I want you to already see it when you jump in the water and knowing that you're accepted even before you swim a single stroke. That's how God operates. Think about it. We were made to be loved by God for free. We love that word, don't we? Free. I love the, I love the gas station owner. He, he put a sign out one day. And he thought it would attract a crowd. And he was right. And he put a big sign out there. And it said, free gas tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Everybody showed up and they said, I want my free free gas. And he said, that's tomorrow. And then they came back the next day and said, I want my free gas. He says, that's tomorrow. He never gave away any free gas. You get the point. God, on the other hand, he says, I'm going to love you freely. You don't have to do anything to earn my love. You don't have to live in a certain way to earn my love. In fact, you can live the worst possible life you could imagine, and I hope you don't, but God would still love you anyway. That's incredible, but that's the love of God. You think about it. I'll close with this. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, right? And the Bible says that Jesus was present. The Holy Spirit descended upon him in the form of a dove. And then the Father spoke. And listen to what the Father said. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, that was the Father's uh, declaration of the acceptance of his Son, Jesus. Now you could say, wait a minute. That's because he's Jesus. That's because he's perfect. Listen, friends. At that point in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus hadn't preached a single message. Jesus hadn't healed a single person. Jesus didn't do anything. He didn't even start his public ministry. And it began by God saying, this is my son. I love him. I accept him. Friends, that's the same way that God deals with you and I. You don't have to do a single thing to be accepted by God. He's already accepted you. You don't have to work or earn it or deserve it because you could never earn it or work for it or deserve it. Anyhow, God says, my acceptance of you is based upon my love for you and my love for you is free. We are loved 
and accepted by God before we do anything. So you know what I would encourage you to do in life? Try anything. Take a few risks by faith. Step out and trust God. Take on the impossible. Believe that God can take down your giants because you're already accepted. You're already loved. You're already the great work of God. And you're already in God's kingdom. You don't have to worry about being kicked out because of bad behavior. You don't have to worry about being rejected by God because God said, that'll never happen. I already rejected my son so that I could accept you forever. God's acceptance. We live from the place of acceptance. We don't have to live in order to be accepted. It's already done. That's how much God loves you. That's how much he cares for you. That's how important you are to him. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we uh, may, may not, may not a single one of us, may we never, not one of us, ever fall victim to this whole idea of rejection. It is not necessary. The devil is going to try to make it happen in our lives, but we don't have to deal with it. We don't even have to think about it because our acceptance is already a done deal. We are the work of God. We have been chosen even before the world began. That's a mystery. And our acceptance, well, we start out in this great race as winners. We start out in this great race called life, accepted in the son of your love. And Father, we are so thankful for that truth. We are so thankful that we don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to fall into the category of being beautiful or amazing or talented or gifted. We are the work of God, fearfully, wonderfully made, uniquely made, intentionally made, purposefully made, wonderfully made. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for loving us freely. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.